BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Bulls coverage show, and I said it different again, Trey. I don't know. I can never get that right. <laughs> Who knows? Sports ethos, Bulls coverage. You know, whatever, whatever. That, that way, everyone knows in. we do we do it live every time. Whatever order you want to put those words in, that's what we are. Uh, I am your host Keith Cork, uh, and I am here, of course, as always, with my good buddy and co-host Trey Hill, and we are excited because we are joined today by Buzz of Socks on Tap and Bulls on Tap, better known as Buzz on Tap on Twitter. Buzz, man, how are you doing, my friend? Good, man. I'm uh, really excited to talk Bulls basketball with you guys, even though we're on a little bit of a slip here. It's still awesome because, you know, we're doing well. And I'm just glad to be here drinking a beer with you guys, and let's, let's chop it up. Yeah, bottoms up, man. Hey, what? speaking of beer, what uh, what are you drinking today? Miller Lite. Miller Lite. <laughs> I, Is that I your go-to? Yeah. I'm I'm 30 now, so the craft beers that I used to partake in in my early 20s are behind me because I just get the gnarliest headaches, and I found <laughs> that I can drink like 15 Miller Lights and still be functional. There so like go. that's that's where I stick now, you know, usually for my tailgates and stuff. But it's a work night, so I'm just, I don't only have a couple. <laughs> Fair enough. I actually I had the I had the opposite route. You know, I've uh, I used to only drink like uh, you know Keystones and whatnot. And oh, Keystones. Uh, yeah, now I'm uh, now I'm on the uh, craft beer wagon, but I only drink a few, so I, I get you, man. But no, Buzz, we're excited to have you, man. Um, so, uh, you know, we're just going to chat some Bulls, guys. Again, this is a Sports Ethos Bulls coverage show. And listeners, please take a moment to follow at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter, the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis, too. Again, that's at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. Go follow it now. Don't uh, take my word for it, man. These guys are killer at fantasy. I'm uh, crushing all my fantasy leagues. I'm actually in the top half of all of them. So uh, big thanks and big, up, big ups to those guys. Go give them a follow. Uh, but no, man, so uh, big news today, obviously. Uh, on the Bulls front, just one headline I really have for you guys. Caruso, probable for tomorrow. So that's some big news, man. Uh, obviously, you're still going to be without Lonzo, Zach, Javante, and DJJ, and Patrick Williams. So still quite a few bodies out. But uh, Trey, man, walk me through uh, what you think, your thoughts here on getting Caruso back. Is that going to 
get our defense back to where it needs to be? I don't know that he's going to be much of a Giannis stopper, which is really where we could use Patrick Williams or Derek Jones Jr. But it will be nice to have him back. Uh, the point of attack defense has definitely been slacking lately. Uh, the effort's been there, they, you know, but just in terms of the overall talent, it hasn't been. So it'll be nice to have him back for sure, especially with point guard Io. I think having Caruso as you know that secondary ball handler for Iowa would, will be nice for him in that backup point guard role. Well, I guess starter point guard role right now. Yeah, Buzz, are you excited to see uh, you know, Mr. Alex Caruso take some cookies again? Oh, absolutely. I mean, when Alex Caruso left the team with his injuries, he had various injuries over the last month. He had the, what was a hammy injury, he had a foot injury, he battled COVID. I mean, this guy has been, what Billy Donovan said the other day in his press conference, so the other yeah, being yesterday, uh, about him not really having the same situation the other players had on this team because he was in and out all month. It's not like he just missed a sum of time and then he was back. It was like he is literally like, okay, yeah, he played like two games. He was out two games and he came back for a stretch and he was out again. So he's missed a lot of time. But in that time he's missed, you watch the Bulls slip from a top 10 defensive team. They're 20th in the league right now in defense. Mm -hmm. That's a drastic drop. And yes, Lonzo Ball is out as well. Our size isn't that great, which watches us get beat up in the paint and on the boards. But losing Caruso proved to be a, <laughs> a big blow. And it just shows you how key rotational players are on a championship or a playoff contending team. Like, I mean, it's just, it's, it's going to be refreshing to see him back. I definitely see a minutes limit since he's been gone for so long, especially with two separate, you know, lower body injuries, right. but I'm glad to have him back. I can't wait. I hope he really plays tomorrow. I hope he gets some good minutes and at least I would at least 15 minutes. I'd like to see Caruso play tomorrow night. If not more. And he really did endear himself to the fans by sticking it out, playing as much as he could when we had so many other guys out. And so it was. I'm glad that he was able to get out and get healthy after putting himself through that to kind of help the Bulls not drown during that first COVID, you know, ordeal. Right. And here's here's why I'm excited about you know Crusoe coming back. I think this is a team that is missing its identity, missing its heart. Uh, you know, I I think there's been some good effort in the last couple games but the two games that preceded that were just just piss poor performances obviously uh really hard to watch um not fun at all uh so you know caruso i think you know if you're talking about the heart and soul of the team he has the ability to be that guy uh, i think we saw that in the first stretch of you know a dozen to two dozen games and uh like you said he's been out for a long time uh so you know hopefully he's still got that in him i think he does i think he's a very skilled player uh, on both ends of the floor obviously he's just a nice glue guy uh, but like like Trey said, you know, we we do have the Cleveland Cavaliers up next. Um, they have a ton of size. I don't know how much Crusoe helps with that size. Uh, he might end up playing power forward a bit for us, uh, which is going to be tough, man. If you're playing Evan Mobley and, and Jared Allen down there, um, that's that's those are some big boys to to roll with when you're you know six foot whatever three four Alex Caruso, man. <laughs> it, it proved to be tough in the in the game one matchup with that those two teams. The Bulls lost that game, 115 to 92. Uh, you know. Um, the size that Cleveland possesses is is pretty damning to a Chicago Bulls team that does not possess size. And not to mention, if Lonzo, I know he's not playing, but if he were playing and Caruso is playing at full capacity and Cleveland was at full capacity with a guy like Colin Sexton and Darius Garland running around the damn court, Cleveland got a pretty nice little team. And I hate it because I hate Cleveland. I hate it. <laughs> I, like, I, I, I cannot stand it. We've got a Joakim Noah on the show. 
I appreciate I appreciate you guys covering for me. I actually said Giannis. I had that Friday game on the brain, but Cleveland's Cleveland's an even. I, I wanted to. I appreciate that, but you no, mess up, man. I just covered right up. <laughs> Cleveland's even worse because of the the size you guys mentioned. Yeah. They just and I think you mentioned last show, Keith. You think that Cleveland is your kryptonite matchup in the playoffs. They're who mm-hmm. you don't want to see in round one because of that size. And I thought a little bit more about that, too. I think I, I might throw Toronto up there, too, just how well they're playing recently. Uh, between those two teams, man, those are going to be some tough outs if, if the Bulls get those guys in the playoffs. So a little scary for us just because of the lack of size. But I, I'm hoping that the Bulls, you know, make, make a trade here and get something here. But we'll talk about that a little later in the show. Buzz, I want to talk talk about you for maybe 10 minutes here, man. Oh, so man, tell me I a little bit wait. about <laughs> now you sound like uh and i don't know i don't know much about you you know personally but you do sound like a native chicagoan do i have that right am i right on there i i would yeah i guess i i'll try to rep it if i can um i come from like 10 minutes south of chicago so i lived uh-huh. in blue island i lived in blue island for a real long time um so i was like you know it was a uh, southwest a little bit maybe yeah something like that but a little southwest of the city 10 you throw a rock from blue island you hit chicago so I grew up there, uh, single father home, um, with my old man. And, uh, I think the reason I'm a big sports nut is because we didn't have an air conditioner. We might've lived in a trailer park before we got out here to new Lenox and where we're at, I'm at now, but, uh, we had bears and bulls season tickets. So priorities, right. You know, it's priorities. <laughs> um, so that, yeah, that's, uh, I'm from, so let, wait, let me get this straight. So no, no air conditioning, but you had sure. season tickets. So I didn't even have a, you got your, no, I didn't have a bedroom. You didn't have a bedroom. Okay. No. No, <laughs> not, not until I was like 10 or 11. And we came out here to the uh, even more Southwest now in, in New Lenox, where, you know, suburb of Joliet. So um, that's I mean, where do you I really need your own bedroom until you're like 10 or 11. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think you <laughs> You got to share a bed with my dad, man, you know, <laughs> but it's cool, yes. man. We, we went to games all the time and I wouldn't trade it for the world. You know, it was it was super cool. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a Southsider. So I'm a huge Sox guy. Um, I never got a Sox season ticket plan just because they're so cheap to go to man i was never going to commit my you know commit money to that like so i i went with the bulls and and i've kept the bears tickets since my dad got rid of them i uh i kept the bears tickets and me and my buddy juice who's also a part of on tap we decided back in 2016 or 17 that we were going to do bulls so we have bulls tickets now too so uh just chicago dude that will never leave the illinois because of the sports teams I'm, i'm locked here because of it yeah, man, I, I feel you there. I mean, I'm, I'm in Kansas now. Um, I grew up a little bit west. I, I grew up in Elgin. You're probably okay. familiar where that is. Yep, so I, know Elgin, uh, I lived in the city proper for about five or six years before my, my wife made me move. But um, no, man, the, the, if I were to go back, it would be for the sports teams. I follow the sports teams religiously. I think, uh, you know, guys like us that do this kind of thing, it's just something that we, we grow into. And, and yeah. you know, it's just part of our identity. So uh, I feel you on that one, man, definitely. So so tell me a little bit about your, you know, your bull story. So you said you're, you're 30. So did you get a chance to really watch, you know, the Jordan Bulls or did you really get to the Bulls after that? Um, Again, so like I don't remember life without sports, um, you know, or, or at least being around it. Uh, I, I would love to tell you I remember this wholeheartedly and, and fully in my mind, but I don't. But I was at like game two, or three of the 97 NBA finals with my dad. Nice. Um, so, but again, I was like, I was born in 91. So I was like six, seven yeah, years, right. you know, so I was, <laughs> you know, I don't really remember that when everything starts becoming fresh in my memory, as far as the bulls go, 
it, it was really like the 2000, and it's funny to say, but it was like the 2000, 2001 Chicago Bulls. You just drafted Elton Brand, and then you, you decided to move on from that. The 2001 NBA draft by getting Eddie Curry and Tyson Chandler. And that's when Allen Iverson was at his height in Philadelphia, was killing everybody, was amazing. So, like, that's when my basketball, like, prowess, I guess, and, and just love just totally butted. It was there. Um, and then when my favorite player ever got drafted in uh, outside of Michael Jordan. So let's all calm down here. Right. Outside sure. of Michael Jordan. Uh, in 2003, a man named Kirk Heinrich joined the <laughs> nice. Chicago Bulls. Uh, that's when I like was a full diehard all the time. I didn't cheer for any other players or any other teams. I was a Kirk Heinrich and Chicago Bulls fan. Um, so, yeah, that's basically the story of my Bulls fandom. Again, I've just been, oh, my God, the hat is amazing. <laughs> I, I just, you can't see, you can't see me. Obviously, this is a podcast, but I, I just uh, flipped out my, my other Bulls hat for my Kirk Heinrich Bulls hat, uh, which I believe I got on clearance after the Bulls get rid of Kirk. He got traded to Atlanta. I got oh. some Kirk Heinrich sandals, too. Uh, <laughs> pretty nice. I and I actually have a Kirk Heinrich shirt. Animal, so I, can actually, I can actually have a full Kirk Heinrich get up. If I want to, man, it's uh, pretty insane. I actually, that's one of the things when I moved to Kansas, I was talking to the guy that like runs the Y over here and he's like, dude, I used to like play with Kirk Heinrich or knew him or something. Cause he obviously Kirk's, you know, Kansas guy when he was a Jayhawk. So uh, that's kind of one of the weird connections here to Kansas uh, with the bulls. But man, man, I, I was a big Kirk fan too. So that kind of, yeah. that kind of takes care of one of my questions for you is, you know, outside of Jordan and Derek Rose, who's your favorite bull. So you're a Kirk Heinrich guy. Why is that, man? Do you identify with him? Did you play when you basketball when you were younger? Yeah. Yeah, so I played from when we got out here in fourth or fifth grade. Um, I played at the Catholic school I was at back in the BI, and then when I moved out here, I uh, I made the team uh, in fourth or fifth grade. I can't remember what grade it was, but I was all the way on until uh, freshman year of high school, until skateboarding and everything else became cooler and you know whatever. Um, but yeah, I played ball. But my connection with Kirk, I think, was just because you know. He was a hard-nosed defender. That's like, in my mind, it's like one of the greatest drafts of all time, the 2003 NBA draft. And, you know, I think that when we, you know, it was like LeBron James, you know, Darko Milicic, Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, you know, that was a stacked draft. But we got Kirk because Jay Williams the year before wrecked his motorcycle, so he wasn't going to be our point guard anymore. And, you know, just getting behind a young team, I think that's fun when you're a kid. You know, yeah, it's always fun when your team's winning and kicking ass all the time. But when they're not and you get to, like, try to cheer for them to build into something cool, like being a Bulls fan from, like, 03 to 05 was awesome because you saw, like, okay, yeah, Kirk, Ben Gordon, Luol Deng. You know, like, it, it became something really cool again, even though they didn't obviously win a ship or anything like that. But it, it became really cool again. So I, I think that Kirk just – he was the leader of that. He was Captain Kirk. So I think that's just why yeah. he became my favorite guy, you know. Yeah, man. He was, and, uh, he was the first one that was good. Uh, you know, we had Curry and Chandler, and we had all these high expectations for them. But everyone on that team kind of fizzled out, it seemed like. But Captain Kirk was the guy who stuck around. And the, the style of his play, I feel like – after having, you know, such, dis you know, we had Jordan and then we had such disappointing teams to have someone like Kirk come in, play the right way, do everything kind of the right way. I think that meant a lot to the team because Chicago fans appreciate good exactly. quality basketball. And, they, and, and more so the good quality basketball, man, you hit the nail on the head. But one more thing is they appreciate a hard effort. Yeah. And that's what Blue Kirk, and that's what hard work. so now. 
Look yep. at Caruso now. He's MVP chance, man. And I'm not going to sit here and lie to you guys. You damn well know in Section 328, I was chanting MVP for Caruso when he was at the line. I don't care. Like, people are <laughs> you, cover, you cover the NBA and you cover the Bulls. It's like, well, yeah, man, but I'm still a homer, too. You know, like, <laughs> if, if people are, you know, like, giving it their A-plus effort out there, how do you not love and respect that? So, Man, I can remember uh, I can remember coming back home from a game one day, and you know, my, I was with my friends. We were twenty something, right? I'm with like four or five other dudes, and you know, we we're just coming from a Bulls game where we won. It was a game that we won by enough that Scalabrini got in. And I just remember starting Scalabrini in, in the bus, in the city bus. Everyone's doing it, and it yeah. was just like one of my one of my favorite memories, man, for sure. But That's uh, so okay, cool, dude. so here's a question I like to ask every every guest on here. So we're gonna, you know, good times. We had some good times here. I'm gonna bring it down a notch here. Where were you when Derrick Rose tore his ACL? I was there. You were there. Yeah, I had tickets. I had tickets with the Juice Man. Uh, again, good buddy of mine. Um, we all have nicknames. You know, I don't. I don't know how it happened, <laughs> but it did. Uh, but yeah, Juice and I were there. Uh, we bought tickets to Game One and Game Two because we thought like that 2011 season. Like, because 2010, 2011 is when he won the MVP. So 2011, I'm sorry, 2011, 2012 season. Lockout season, season started on Christmas. Derrick Rose, out of 66 games that year, only played like 39. It, whoever listened, anybody listening to this, fact check me. I'm pretty sure I'm right. I'm pretty sure it was 39 games he played that year. We got in the playoffs. I had under my, like, under the assumption, like, okay, well, he missed some time, so he should be even more fresh. You know, mm-hmm. like, because it was the grind. You know, because in his MVP year, he missed one game and that one game was against Denver. and He had a neck injury and that's when Carmelo hit a game winner. So, like, you know, Derek had a rough 2011-2012 with the injuries and lockout season. And we got the tickets, man, because Rip Hamilton was our shooting guard. And I'm like, dude, he's 10 times better than Keith Bogans. This is the guy Derek needs. He can't create a shot. But if you kick Rip the ball, he could dribble up. He could hit the midi. I thought we were going to win a title. So we got the playoff tickets and we went, man. And. That was like the second worst Chicago sports moment I think I was ever a part of, like being right. in the stands for that. Like the air just completely came out of the place. Yeah. Um, game two sucked. I mean, right. just be, you know, because Noah ended up, you know, getting hurt and shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. But that, yeah, that that's where I was, man. I was I was there. So what was so you said first? second worst. Yeah. What was the first worst then? Uh, first worst Chicago. Pro- oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, Johnny Knox getting bent. Oh, yeah. I, I thought oh, he died. my God. I thought, that was terrible. I, yeah, I thought he yeah. died. I was just. That is like I've never really like been scared or anything or teared up or anything like that. But when Knox got bent like that, yep, and they showed it on the screen too, yep. like and it was just so gnarly. And I was like, yep. oh my god, I thought because he didn't move, it it was real bad. So that was the first one. But the Derek is definitely the second one. You were right. You by were the way. right. Play thirty nine um, games. I already got it, up? man. I got it up here. Thirty nine games. So you're you're Action. on top of your game here, man. All right. Like, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, so yeah, just walk me through here. Um, you know, give me your thoughts here, uh, just briefly on Garpax. You know, how'd you feel about Garpax? They were with the organization for a long time. Had they run out their welcome? I think we all can pretty much agree on that, but like, you know, maybe about four or five years before they got fired, there was kind of two groups of people, right? There were apologists and then there were people that were at, you know, pretty much calling for their jobs. So which side of the divide did you fall in at that time? Four or five years ago? Um, yeah. If it was four or five years ago, I probably fell in the middle a little bit, and mm-hmm. and and I'll and I'll tell you why is just because I was respecting the draft choices they had kind of made, and I was kind of a guy not where I was apologizing for them or anything like that, but they thought they had a fucking slick plan, and, mm-hmm. and that was that Derrick Rose was going to carry them into, you know, superstardom into into the playoffs, possible championships. 
They drafted a guy like Jimmy Butler at number 30. They drafted a guy like Taj Gibson. You know, they had Noah. They had Dang. And then all that kind of fell apart. The biggest thing that a lot of people got mad at them about was the three alpha thing. And that's where they lost me. I want, we want to get young and more athletic, right? Yeah, right. That didn't Rondo happen. and Dwayne Wade, you know, yeah. like what, listen, if you said you wanted to compete and you were going to swing for the fences, I wonder if Chicago would have been more receptive to that. Right. Instead of saying like, no, this is going to be our plan to rebuild because we want to win. That that's where they lost me was a three alpha thing. I still love the move that they made on draft night by trading Jimmy Butler to the Minnesota Timberwolves. I love Jimmy Butler. I do not buy any Chicago Bulls jerseys, man. Like I always feel weird because like I'm older than them now. <laughs> it's like this yeah. weird thing I have with myself, but like I, I, but I have a Jimmy Butler Jersey, you know, like right. I loved Jimmy. So it's not that I didn't like him, but it was time for a new direction. I didn't think he was going to work. Um, I liked that move, but everything they did after that too, I was like, Nah, like, you know, selling the second round pick, everybody gets mad about that. Please, Jordan loves it, or Jordan Love. I'm sorry, football. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan Bell's out of the league. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he just had his, his 10 day contract. I'm with the Bulls like three or four days ago, you know. Right. Uh, it, it, they just made a lot of dumb moves, and I don't think that they had the ability to convince. And when we got our season tickets, we were fortunate enough to sit down with Gar and Pax at a uh, season ticket holder event. And I got to ask a question and I said, how do you make this team competitive? Mm-hmm. There was no mention of bringing in, you know, free agents that will complement the talent that you signed. It was basically getting this young talent and hoping they mesh. And unfortunately it didn't happen for them. It was time to move on. They ran their course. They had a couple of successful seasons. Yep. Obviously a championship is the Mecca, but you know how hard that is to win in the NBA in any oh, yeah. sport really, but it was time for them to go. So that's where I was at with it. I was yeah, in the but. Yeah, there's a, I mean, there's just a lot of hot takes, you know, especially with being Chicago, being a big market. There's a lot of people that are, you know, hey, championship or bust. It's not that way, man. There's, you know, 29 other teams trying to accomplish yes. that. Like you said, it takes uh, a lot of skill and it also takes a lot of luck. And, you right. know, the Bulls have been rather unlucky, unlucky especially with that Derrick Rose injury. Um, speaking of which, how'd you feel? Let me let me ask you about one more moment in time before we move on here with the Chicago That's Bulls. Fine. How'd you feel about Nazi Muhammad shoving LeBron James like to the floor and just destroying him? Tell me what, you, what your thoughts were at that moment. <laughs> I was I was at that one too, and that was sweet. Yeah, it was sweet. Yeah, love Nazi, and I and I love Nazi for that reason alone. Not that he's just a local product, but I mean, I I thought that was amazing. You know, LeBron like that's a thing, man. Now that I'm older, it's so weird. Like, cause I'm not I'm not like getting over the hill or anything, guys. I have I know I'm 30, like you know, but I got one gray here in the beard. But it, it's just. I I've started to appreciate his body of work a little bit more now that I I finally gotten off the MJ versus LeBron train like because I was on that for a long time but with uh-huh. age and gray brings perspective a little bit and I just kind of I appreciate what he's done but I still think he's a punk though so I'm like oh, that's why I'm, that's why I'm <laughs> I was gonna like, say is is it really age and perspective or is it the fact that LeBron's legacy has just kind of been settled for the last couple of years. You know what? That's probably, yeah. Hey, thank you. Cause for I, like, I really think old. when it comes to the MJ LeBron argument, it's really about peak versus longevity. Mm-hmm. And at this point, like what, what, yeah. you know, at, LeBron's we, we been very you, good LeBron. for a You've very long ma- time. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We love you, LeBron. You're the second best player ever. And that is <laughs> nothing to sneeze about. Yeah. Well, he's true. actually I mean, third, third MJ Kirk LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, no, it's good, man. Yeah, I, I think I've told the story before on this pod, but uh, yeah, I actually saw Nazi Muhammad in a gym. I coached against his son, uh, Scotty Pippen's son was also on that team. They were both oh, there wow, in the gym. 
And uh, I approached him and I said, hey, man, I was talking to him about, about that shove. And, he's, and he, of course, he said to me, I, I asked him, would you do it again? And he said, in a heartbeat. Like, he, oh, was, yeah. like, he was like, heck yeah. I was proud of that moment. I was like, That's okay. He should right. be. Absolutely Much respect, man. Much respect. So, uh, good times, man. Good times. Uh, but, yeah, so let's move on to talking about the, the modern Bulls, obviously. So, a little bit of Bulls history there for you guys. But, uh, obviously, guys, we haven't been very good recently. We've, we're on a four-game losing streak, our worst uh, of the season, obviously. Trey, Give me your thoughts, man. How you know? Obviously, we got a lot of bodies down, but what else are you seeing in this in this four-game losing streak that you wish you know the Bulls were doing better? You know, why why are we just dropping games left and right, man? So I went on a website called B-Ball Index to look at their defensive versatility ratings before I came on this because I wanted to see where Lonzo Ball ranked, honestly. Um, you know, overall in the league, and to my surprise, Javante Green is actually the Bulls' most versatile defender, and he is the fifth most versatile defender in the entire NBA of guys that have played at least 500 minutes. That's kind of their threshold. But okay, J- so Derek- Patrick Williams, was he on that list or no? No, he, or if he minutes. was, he was too – I don't think he had enough minutes. And then Yeah, Derek he only Jones played Jr. five games. Yeah. yeah. Was yeah. actually second. So the Bulls missing their two most versatile defenders, according to, you know, the defensive metrics, along with Lonzo Ball and Caruso – those are the things that stick out to me. When you when you have a team that wasn't expected to be good on defense in the first place by the pundits, and you take away, you know, probably what their four best defenders. Yeah, yeah. definitely. That like re- like really, when you think about it, their their four best defenders aren't playing at the moment. Well, you're not going to have much success. So, to me, it's I love I want to see the effort. I want to see the competitiveness. I want to see Io continue to develop. But for me, it's just kind of about kind of maintaining a top three or four seed. You, so let me, you bank those wins, so yeah. now kind of st- steady the ship. Yeah, let me talk about the defensive you know, rating here, because I, I actually track the defensive rating. I, I know I've been talking about it and alluding to it on this show several times, but I actually took a look uh, on NBA.com and just kind of filtered by dates. So defensive rating for the Bulls are currently sitting at 19th on the season in defensive rating. Between October 20th and October 28th, they were fourth. That's with everybody completely healthy, completely healthy. So fourth through the first eight days of the season. The 28th of October through the 20th of December, that's 15, That's without Patrick Williams, 15th. So they dropped from fourth to basically middle of the pack, just from have, not having Patrick Williams. And, of course, there are you know, a couple guys are here, here and out here and there. But mostly that was just Patrick Williams being out. November 12th through November 22nd, this is without Vooch, we were 16th. So basically the same, slightly worse. The 26th of December through January 1st, we were 19th in defensive rating. So slipped even further, and that's without Caruso and without Lonzo Ball. Both of those guys were out during that stretch of period, that period of time. January 3rd through January 14th, we've been – I'll give you guys – you know what? Give me your best guess. What do you think we've been, Trey? 28th. What do you think? Buzz. I thought I was I was gonna say probably 26th, probably 24th. So a little bit better than what you guys are saying, but that's yeah. without Caruso and Patrick Williams. We've had Lonzo Ball back for that stretch of time, we, but we've been particularly bad on the defensive end. So, anyways, uh, continue, uh, Buzz. Your thoughts here on this recent four-game losing streak? Oh, well, you know, man, it's just it is what it is. You know, you're playing teams that are, you know, you played a couple tough teams. Um, you're short-handed. Uh, you lost. You beat yourselves when we when we lost to Boston. We let up those like six points in the in the last two minutes yeah. to them to have them come rough. back. You know, a couple turnovers there. We weren't capitalizing. But I mean, it, again, man, like it's you're gonna get season struggles. 
that that's going to happen no matter what. The Bulls came off a nine-game winning streak, kind of came back down to earth, but they came back down to earth because they're missing guys. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the guys that were key elements to victory. Um, mm-hmm. Not that they would have won all those, all those games with those guys healthy or anything. That's not what I'm trying to say. But, you know, they're a little shorthanded and they weren't playing well. And, and mm-hmm. it is what it is. Like, it's just going to happen. Until you get to full strength again, you start getting that chemistry back on the court, then you'll start winning games consistently again. Until that happens, you're going to kind of be floating around 500 or under it. You know, like, you know, they're lucky they went on that nine game winning streak when they did. So that's just kind of where I'm at right now. It's hard to judge a team that's on a four game losing streak um, due to players being out. Like, that's just that's tough. You know, it's really hard to call. And just to take the long view, guys, I mean, like I said, you know, 24th in defensive rating uh, over the last basically two weeks or so. Uh, and if you put that into context, you know, what you should be happy with is the games that we've won in that period of time because mm-hmm. our defense has just been absolutely atrocious. Uh, and like you said, it's been because guys have been out. I mean, you know, like you said, there's not much we can do about that um, besides just wait for those guys to come back. And we've been, you know, relying on guys like Malcolm Hill uh, and Alfonso McKin- McKinney and, and just guys that are on 10 day contracts, guys that aren't probably going to be on the team long term. Uh, well, McKinney is, but I mean, uh, you, you say we can't do anything about that, but you can trade Patrick Williams for Jeremy Grant. Although I guess he's not playing right now either. You could trade him for yeah. Harrison Barnes or, you know, another body that's alive at the moment. And that four game losing streak, again, another, another long view here for fans out there, just so you, you know, Pump the brakes. Stop while you're, you know, upset, being rapidly upset about this. The four games were against Brooklyn, Golden State, Boston, and Memphis. So four good teams. I mean, you know, Boston's up 500, and that's a game we almost won. But those are pretty good teams, right? Those are very good teams. I mean, the Warriors are very good. The Brooklyn Nets are very good. And the Memphis Grizzlies are one of the biggest surprises per record right now in the NBA. They are like the fourth youngest team in the NBA, and they are balling yeah, behind an MVP candidate. So, sure. I mean, it's it's just absolutely insane what they're doing. Like, And it's awesome to see what they're doing. Well-coached team, disciplined as hell. Everybody plays up to their roles. I, that is like one thing I'm very grateful for is NBA League Pass. I know a lot of people, you know, complain about the price and everything like that, but I am a, I'm a junkie when it comes to this, man. Like, mm-hmm. I love basketball. Like, I have, I, I just love it. And I, I've watched a ton of, of uh, Memphis Grizzly basketball over the last two years, along with New Orleans Pelicans when Zion was healthy with Lonzo and Ingram over there last year. So, like, but watching Memphis, dude, they're <laughs> I'm telling you now, it, if Ja can get the three-point shot down, that team will win a title in the next four years. I'm not kidding. Like, I really think that they can. They yeah. got the size. They got the contracts to bat. They, I mean, they they got money to spend. Mm-hmm. Adams like, has been Adams has been fantastic there. Uh, 100%. His, his playmaking like uh, analytics have just been excellent for a center. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. has, I think he, I think he excels beside another, beside another big, and he get, he gets to kind of roam and use that length and size because he's so long, and he gets to contest so many shots out on the three point at the three point line. And Adams is back there to protect the rim. They 100%. They do a, They don't shoot threes well, but they do everything else well. And like he. Like he said, they're so well coached. So just yep. it's the new grit and grind, and it it couldn't be any better for that city. I 100% agree, and that's why we should take no shame as Bulls fans yeah. into losing to Brooklyn, exactly. Golden State, and Memphis. Exactly. I mean, Boston, I can I'll hang my head with you and take a shot of ups, you know, being eh. upset about it, but it was winnable still. Yeah. yeah, those other three though, man, those are really good teams that are going to make some things happen. 
So this was always going to be a tough stretch, and now you take three out of the five starters out, you take six rotational players out, and, you know, it's not surprising, really. Uh, and, and if you're really a smart basketball fan, you really understand that. Obviously, if you're a casual fan, you're probably upset just looking at the losses and going, what the heck. Uh, just to kind of put a little bit more perspective in this, here's our competition. These are all Eastern Conference teams that are in the playoffs right now. Here's their longest winning losing streaks of the season. The Heat have lost three in a row. Nets have lost three in a row. Cavs have lost five in a row. Uh, Bucks have lost three in a row. Sixers have lost five in a row. That was when Embiid was out. So uh, four in a row. This is probably the worst it's going to be, I would hope. Um, you know, and, and as we're getting guys back, reading Caruso back for the next one, um, should have Javante back soon, too. He was just assigned to the G League uh, recently. And I believe Zach Levine should be back also soon. I, you know, there's not hasn't really been an update on that. I don't believe. Um, but I, I think he'll probably be, be probably be back within the next couple of games. So uh, get those body ba- bodies back. And I think that and play some, you know, not as good competition. I think we, we're, we're cooking here. Uh, let me ask you, Buzz, about Mr. Nikola Vucevic and your thoughts on him, man. Um, just. Just in general, just give me your thoughts on, on Nikola Vucevic. I, I love Vooch. Um, a lot of people hate Vooch right now. A lot of people want Vooch traded. Um, <laughs> there is a count. It does not follow me on Twitter, but it popped out of nowhere yesterday. It, it, it's it's tag or not tag. I'm sorry. What is it called? Handle. It's handle is at cancel Vucevic. <laughs> and I'm like, and this dude like, I listen to your podcast, but you're sticking up for this guy way too much. And I'm like, no. I don't think I am sticking up for him way too much. I think that he's a, a good player. I think that he, uh, I think he's just having a little bit of a rough time. I mean, listen, he's shooting a career low right now, 43% from the field. He's shooting 32% from downtown. I've been saying it all year, and I don't want to keep the excuse going. But I really think like, and feel those shots are going to start falling because they're all good looks. Like, he's not missing a ton of contested shots. He's he's missing shots that we have seen him make. So it, it's just I'm not 100% sure, you know, where to go from here. And I hate using the argument because a lot of people are going to use this. Well, he's the fifth best center in the league. Okay, well, centers suck now. So what are we talking about here? Like, there's, yeah, you have Jokic, Embiid, Cat. Rudy Gobert is a great defensive center. You know, it falls off after that, man. It's right. not a it's not a big market anymore. But I will say this. He's averaging a double-double, mm-hmm. okay? 16 points, 11 boards, three and a half assists. The guy's averaging 1.2 blocks, which if the season were to end today, that is a career high. Right. Okay, so yes, the shot's not falling, but he's – and he's a he's a, been a plus defender. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm not – Listen, yeah, shots not falling, but it doesn't mean he's not doing other things out on the court, all right? He is the third option when this team is healthy to score. Yep. So keep that in mind before when Zach or DeMar are missing time and he's not up to the standards of what he was in Orlando being the number one guy. Mm-hmm. You, you got to curb your ex- expectations there. I think he's still playing a good season. And he's I know Trey and I... You know, and I know Trey and I were both, you know, before the season started, we were both, you know, saying, you know, this guy anchored a top five defense in, in Orlando. Like, he's not as bad a defender as people put it. It, it. There's been a lot of focus on that because it's very visual. I mean, you can really, really see when he struggles on defense, when when mm-hmm. teams put him over and over again in the pick and roll. Uh, and he's playing that drop coverage and they're just eating it up. And that happens sometimes. And uh, without Patrick Williams, it's really just been exacerbated. It's even worse because you don't have a guy that can get from one end of the floor to the other in such, you know, such a hurry to, to cover for, for a deficiency like that. So this is why, you know, when, when you got people like, you know, 
I'm not going to name names anymore because I keep bringing up the same guy's name every week. So I'm not going to name names anymore. But people bringing up trading Patrick Williams or, uh, you know, not as high on Patrick Williams. You're just looking at the box scores. And you're just looking at, at his stats and you're not looking at the game. The game itself, you have to see how he affects specifically the defensive side of the floor. See, I love that you say that I, I, because yeah. I, I really do. I really appreciate you saying that because not just in Patrick Williams' defense or anything, because I'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that, you know, going yeah. on in the show. But watching the game is so damn important. It really is. Like, you can't cover a team if you don't watch the game. I know a bunch of people cannot stand Joe Colley, right, for the <laughs> Bull, like Sun-Times writer. Yeah. I love Joe, and mm-hmm. he's been on our show. And okay. I've gotten to hang out with him at the United Center. But, like, you know, that's just a troll job that he does anyway. And it's, hey, it's working for him, you know, whatever. Yeah. But he said, even though, like, you know, he looks at all the, these analytics like that. Because he used to cover the Sox in baseball. And, like, analytics took over the baseball world. Now you're starting to see a lot of analytics come over to basketball that weren't there when we were younger, guys. It wasn't there right. like that. Right. But he was like, the most important thing is watching the game to see how mm-hmm. they help impact it. Because if you looked at a box score, would you think Javante Green was, was an impact player? Nope. Yeah, yeah, and look at what he's been, and look how sorely he's missed. I'm sorry to interrupt your thought, but I just, I just really appreciated you saying that. Watching, no, no, yeah, it's gotten worse because, um, you know, obviously we see it every day. We're we're inundated with this. It's the D, you know, DFS and sports betting, and and I do that, and you know, Trey and I actually hosted a show about that before we came here, and I, I enjoyed that stuff. But you have to separate that stuff from actually knowing the game of basketball, watching the game of basketball, understanding how it works. And, and what I, you know, what I said, uh, I brought this up with Daniel Greenberg when he came on our show a couple, a couple shows ago, was, you know, how many people were high on Jimmy Butler in season two? Because if you look at his stats, his stats were not there. I mean, obviously he didn't have even as big a role as Patrick Williams. So you can say, you can point that out. But if you look at this guy's stats and just like, you know, look at it on paper, it's like, oh, Jimmy Butler, he's nothing, right? But yeah. the true fans, the real Bulls fans that were watching the games, saw this guy, saw what he could be, you know, understood that, you know, he could develop into that Luol Deng role. So it made Luol Deng a little bit more expendable. I don't know if that was really the right move, but anyways, that's what happened. We were basically saying like, this is the guy, this, this guy's going to be huge. This guy's going to be a big deal. And, you know, yep. you're not going to catch that from a box score. It's just not going to No, happen. you're not. And you're 100% right. It's a great comparison with Jimmy Butler because if you remember when Jimmy came into the league from Marquette, go back and look at year one and year two jump shots from Jimmy Butler and the trajectory of his jump shot. It was a dart. It was a dart. Bent the elbow in, a little bit more lift, a little bit more arc. And that's when he started hitting his shots. The athleticism was there. The IQ was there. The defense was there. Yeah. Fixing that jump shot, which is the easiest thing to fix when you get into the league, is your shot. I know a lot of people laugh at that, but you want a testament to that is the guy who's currently playing in Lonzo Ball, Lonzo Ball for the yeah. Bulls. Yeah. Okay, like you know, fix, that is the easiest thing to fix is your jump shot. If yeah. you have all the other fundamentals in place and you fix your shot, you have a chance to be a very, very effective player in the league. And Patrick, you, sound, has- you sound like me talking. Okay. What was his name? Josh Jackson a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Josh uh, Jackson from Phoenix, from Kansas product. Yeah, yeah, from yeah. I just I heard you say that, and I just had like war flashbacks just now. <laughs> yeah, no, Josh uh, Jackson's another one, man. Yeah, yeah. And Patrick Williams, I mean, he has a jump shot. It's just his his release is slow. Um, his ability to read the defense that's coming at him is isn't great right now. He's got deficiencies. Don't get me wrong. He's not a fantastic player right now. Um, but when you look at the defensive side of the floor and the way he impacts that, it's very important. And then on top of that, he's still got the upside on the offensive side. When I saw in Summer League this season, 
was huge, man. I, I you know, he was obviously he, he got some volume shots up and he looked great, man. I love what I saw from him in summer league. I thought this was going to be a huge year for him. And just unfortunately, man, just another injury. And hopefully that's not the case, you know, going forward. But um, but I think, you know, we're selling this Patrick Williams, Williams guy short. If you think that we're trading him for Jeremy Grant, I don't think that's a good plan. But, uh, but going back to Vucevic. OK, let's, let's go back to Vucevic. Um, I've, got, so I've got some Vucevic stats. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, 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 you, know what, okay. you know what? Let me let me just put this in context for you, Buzz. Uh, Trey's been a little bit more of a Vuce apologist than I have been. And I, I don't hate the guy. I think he's a fantastic player and he fits the, the Bulls very well. But go ahead. Go ahead, Trey. I'm a Vuce lover. Let me, yes. let, <laughs> let's just get that out there. I've, I am a huge Vuce guy. So the la- since December, he is shooting 69% at the rim and 43% in that short mid-range which tracks with what he shoots. Those are his averages throughout his career. Uh-huh. Do you guys feel like he's been like, to me, I feel like even though those numbers say it's true, I don't believe it. It still seems like he's been, you know, a little underwhelming around the rim to me. Do you guys feel that way? Yeah, I feel like his because- lift isn't there. Um, the dunk that he had, what was that last night or the night or not last night uh, against oh, Memphis. I think he had yeah, a dunk. Yeah. Yeah, you know, no. that was cool. Um, but, I mean, you got to look, man. I mean, he jumps out Enos shot. Freedom. That's right. Enos Freedom. Right. right. Enos Freedom, but, right. Yes. So so we all we all kind of agree. We we still feel a little underwhelmed over mm-hmm. from Vucevic over this That's last fair. month and a half, right? Mm-hmm. Even though he's putting up the same, you know, the same numbers around the rim. So, to me, I wonder, he gets such easy looks. Like, we all we all. What are we? What would he have to shoot for us to be happy? I feel like the expectations for him because he gets such easy looks. I think it's going to be really hard for him to please anyone because his, his misses are always going to look so bad. Yes, his misses are very front and center, so it's really that's really why he gets a lot of hate. And like and and, and like I said, I'm not like down on the guy. I think he's the the right center for this team. I think you know. I think it's great to have him now, even if he doesn't end up being our, our you know, center of the future. And that's the next thing I want to talk about here is just whether or not you think he's going to be with us, you know, beyond this this next season when his contract is up. But um, but I think he's a perfect guy for us now, even if he doesn't end up being that, because I think he's we're getting a look at what that center looks like in this rotation. And there's a couple of guys in the league that I think you can compare him to. So, you know, I, I love the fact that he's on the team. Um, his deficiencies are really apparent when, when they happen. So that's why he gets a lot of hate from, especially from casual fans uh, that aren't watching, you know, the things that are happening off ball and things like that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, he struggled and, and I'm not high on him. And, and that's what, that's my next question for you guys is, do you think that Vucevic, Vucevic is the guy that's going to be our starting center for, for a championship level basketball team? Buzz, your thoughts on that, man? Uh, that's tough. Um, when the team is healthy and moving uh, forward, I'd like to I'd like to kind of see that. I mean, the sample size for Vucevic in Chicago is still small, um, so we, we have to keep that in mind. Uh, you know, he, he signed through this season and next season. Uh, 2023 is when he is a free agent. When Nikola Jokic is also a free agent, um, mm. so that that's kind of a uh, that's kind of a fun little Easter egg. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what happens there because that could be our championship center. But no, I don't know, man. I mean, it, you're you're asking the Bulls to win a title within the next two years with the Eastern Conference and the injury bug that lives in the Eastern Conference with guys like James Harden, Kyrie Irving, or um, Kevin Durant, or you know you have Yon, the Bucks with Giannis, who Giannis is usually healthy as hell. So I mean, it's not really. I don't know. I mean, it's tough, but I think he could be. I, I think it's fair. I, I think there's an argument to be made, but 
I don't know, man. It just it comes down to being the best in the East and, and, and getting through whoever comes out of the West. That's that's what it comes down to. But I think Vooch has done a fine job. If you're getting out of your third score, if you're getting 16, 11, and four, or, or three and a half, whatever, I, that's pretty good, I think. Trey, do you think that uh, Vucevic is more valuable to the Bulls next season as their starting center or as a trade chip? As the starting center. I think with the way the Bulls are set up with DeMar and Zach and Lonzo, they, not even really Lonzo, really Zach and DeMar being such high usage guys, having your third guy be the center who is so good at playmaking, so good at passing and just kind of being that connective tissue, having him along with Lonzo, it helps the offense somehow manage to not stagnate even with two, you know, ISO heavy type guys in DeMar and Zach. So to me, I think he, I think he could help. I think he could be the center on a championship level team for say the next three or four years. Uh, whether that's the Bulls or elsewhere, I I think it has to be the right fit for him. I think he he has to be a complimentary player around he other can't players. Be but the I think he point. right right. But I think he's I think in, like in Chicago, I think he could be that because he fits so well with Zach, with Demar, with Lonzo Caruso, those type of guys, because he has to play that drop coverage. He needs those aggressive point of attack defenders. He needs mm-hmm. that aggressive type scheme, but. They've built a really good team in Chicago. So I, I believe in him to be the center for, say, the next three or four years while this championship window is open for however long it happens to be open. So here's a little fun game. These are always funny. And, and um, you know, I, I know we just talked about how stats aren't everything, but uh, I'm a big basketball reference junkie. I'm always uh, just poking around in there looking at various things and, and NBA.com now. NBA.com's done a great job just uh, making their website better and more navigable. But um, I looked up Vucevic's similarity scores. And, of course, there's a bunch of guys from before when we watched basketball. So I've got two guys here that are currently in the league that are pretty close to what Vucevic is in similarity scores. And I've got two guys that are no longer in the league, but we definitely watched them play. They watched them play in the 2000s. Can you name any of those four guys? Trey. No. <laughs> no, okay. How do you put me on the spot like that and be like, good, hey, good answer, uh, good answer. Sabonis? I don't know. That's a good, that's a good guess. That's a good guess. Uh, Buzz, you got any guesses? So like centers that are playing yeah. like similar similarity stat lines to him. Yeah. Similar. Well, I just threw out a power forward, so that shows how well. No, that's I'm okay. Doing. That's a good. That's a good answer. Man, I don't know. I was gonna. I was gonna. <laughs> I have no idea, honestly. Like so, maybe, okay. maybe no, Capella, no, no. Is, is Capella one is like sixteen okay. and twelve or something for him. That's a good guess, too. That's a good guess, too. Okay, so here's the four guys I've got. Here's the two guys that are currently still in the NBA. Brooke Lopez. Oh, okay, fair. He's that's hurt. that's yeah. great. That's a yeah. great one. That is a good comparison, I think. And his freedom. Not necessarily <laughs> a great – Not necessarily. I don't know how this guy ended up on this list because the, yeah. he doesn't shoot the three. I don't I don't really know. Other than the three, though, I, I see the comparison. Like, the rebounding. The rebounding. He's the rebounding. Getting boards, um, yeah. They both they both have really good post moves. They both have high usage. They pro- they both probably have really high like points per possession on like their post ups because freedom is a really like that's what he gets in the game for. He's definitely not in the NBA for his defense or his political views. Okay, I, I've got two more guys here. These guys are both out of the league now, but I'll give you a clue here, Trey. I'll see if you can get it. One of these guys is a NBA champion. Uh, should I give you? He's Australian, and the other guy. 
Bogut. The documentary recently. Yep. Andrew Bogut Bogut and I know. Once I said he's Australian, I was like, that's kind of a giveaway there. The other guy is Jermaine O'Neal. So Jermaine O'Neal, I don't. That one I don't really get either. Jermaine but Bogut was a defensive G yeah. with Indiana for a long time. So I do like. I do like the Bogut, and I do like the uh, Burke Lopez comparison, because I was trying to think, you know, if we're comparing the, you know, Vucevic to other guys here, um, you know, who, who would he be, be most similar to? I really like that Burke Lopez comparison. Um, so another guy that I thought that he would be compared to uh, is Pau Gasol. I think that's a really good comparison for him. I think Pau is probably better than Vucevic, um, just overall better career. I th- yeah, I think Pau's a Hall of Famer. So, and uh, I don't know that you need to couch that with a probably, even though this is a Bulls <laughs> podcast. Yeah. yeah, you know. Well, I mean, Paul Gasol's an ex-Bulls. So. But anyways, um, and then we had uh, somebody mentioned Dirk Nowitzki, but a poor man's Dirk Nowitzki. I kind of like that. Not too much, but I kind of like it. And then we had Vlade Divac was mentioned, which I, I like that, you know, from the passing standpoint, I think they both have kind of the same court vision almost. Uh, Vlade was probably a better passer and obviously a flashier passer uh, mm-hmm. than Vucevic. But the reason I want to bring these guys up is because, you know, Vucevic is 31, man. He's 31. He's got one more year left of his contract. How much longer do you guys think we can actually count on this guy to produce at a high level? What does he do that you think he's going to lose? His lack of athleticism getting older will affect. I think his defense will be even worse. Yeah, lateral movement is going to get worse. I mean, he'll still have the shooting. He'll still have the shooting. He'll still have the offense. Um, I don't think he'll, you know, he's seven feet, whatever. I don't think he's ever going to have a problem rebounding the basketball. But I think, yeah, the defense is is already, I wouldn't say it's an issue, but it's something that concerns some fans. And it's obviously very, like I said, you can really see it in the game when it's, when it's bad. So I think that, you know, that might be something to worry about here. Um, now, of course, he's 31. Um, but, yeah, so, so Trey, obviously you have no concerns, right? I mean, I, I obviously have some concerns just be- – a guy that's I think uh, NBA.com lists him as six foot ten. They have like the actual measurement. So a guy he's not quite seven foot, but a big, a, a very large human being, being that old. But to me, we already asked him to play drop coverage. The Bulls do everything they can to keep him out of switches already. So I mean, if he goes from being six, you know, fifty percent effective against switches to thirty percent effective, obviously that's not ideal. But as I. I think his value is in his defensive positioning, um, you know, challenging at at the rim without fouling. And then on offense, it's shooting and playmaking. So to me, I think he's going to age better than most people think. And he's already shown a willingness to sign a contract that uh, de-escalates. So I, I think there's going to be value there to be had. And I, you've heard me over the past, you know, month – I think right now he's playing a little over 30 minutes a game. I'd love to see him closer to like that 28, 26 minutes, especially as he gets older. So then it's it's not you know as much stress on that body. Any concerns from you, Buzz, on on Vucevic's age? Yeah, well, look, well, I mean, you know, uh, Father Time's undefeated. Uh, first and foremost, we got to point that out. Uh, the only thing that I've really seen this year where I get a little bit nervous about him is the lift on his hook. Go back mm-hmm. to his Orlando days when he's backing somebody down to the basket. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't think that lift that he might have once had is, is there, which is forcing him to shoot the ball harder mm-hmm. to then hit the rim and bounce off and go the other way. And yeah. It doesn't fall. He's not getting that lift. Now, when your jump shot's working and you're getting kicked the ball off, you know, from Lonzo or Zach, guys that kind of get to the rim or even tomorrow gets the rim or do what they got to do themselves, that's great. But when his 
jump shot, and his midi's not falling. He needs that back to the basket game. That's the only thing I can see that's a worry right now. Other than that, I know what he's going to give us. He's going to be a guy that's for the next at least two, three years, he'll give you anywhere from 16 to 18 to 9 to 12 boards a game. And that's so, what yeah, so, so that's what I'm trying to get to basically is, you know, maybe maybe two or three years left of, of what we're looking at with, with Vucevic. And, and we're, you know, you look at some of these other guys that we just compared them to and said, you know, that's a pretty good comparison. I mean, Vlade Divac was out of the league at 36. I mean, he didn't even really play through that whole season. Um let me see. Uh, Jeremy, Jermaine O'Neal, uh, that wasn't even a good comparison. Let's, let's skip him. Uh, but obviously, Andrew Bogut out of league at 34. Um, Brooke Lopez, 33, dealing with a, a back surgery I think he just had. And, mm-hmm. you know, probably, I don't know if he's even going to come back. I mean, that's a, a seven-footer with a back surgery. It's kind of scary to me. Paul Gasol is the one guy, you know, of this group of people that we compared him to that had a really good career all the way through, you know, the age 38, 37, 38. So um, it is possible, obviously, that he continues to produce. But that what you brought up, Buzz, really is kind of my my main concern here. And, and again, this, you know, you never know. These things vary per person. It's individual. Um, people hit their peaks at different times. He, the best may yet be, may, you know, yet be to come with Vooch. You don't know. But uh, that lift on his on his jump hook. I mean, he just he's consistently missing that. And that's not something we saw in Orlando. Like I said, if you go back and you look at film from Orlando to like this year, and now yeah. even go look back when he got traded to the Bulls when he came here last year. I feel like it's the okay, so he's backing you down the rim, drop step, he puts his pivot foot over, goes to hook the ball, right? Just the lift is just it's like me jumping, bro. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's true, it's, like, it's true. You know, it's just not it's just not there right now. And I don't know if that's a something he's worked on, maybe, or maybe that's the lift is really gone, or maybe there's an injury, maybe he's not feeling great in the knees. I don't know, but that has been one thing I've seen that's been different from him than what we've that seen. That would be that would be the worst case scenario if he's actually we, like you know. We thought he was rushing at yeah. the beginning of the season. We did. It's kind we of did. yeah. We we talked about how quick he was he was using that hook. He and wasn't getting his shoulders it, square, is what I what I thought. You know, he was basically like releasing it before his shoulders were coming all the way around, which was you know leading for it to be short usually. But yeah, go ahead. I just maybe it wasn't the fact that he was rushing and wasn't comfortable in his role. Maybe he just doesn't have that lift anymore, and he's trying to compensate by like you know, like Buzz just said. Yeah, and that, that's the the worst case scenario is you know obviously this guy is deteriorating before our eyes and that would be horrible for the Bulls and for their future. Yeah, we don't want that. <laughs> yeah, but obviously the best case scenario you know if you compare him to Paul Gasol, which I think might be my favorite comparison. You know, again I think Paul Gasol is definitely better. I think we don't call or, can all agree on that. Oh yeah. But Paul sure. Gasol, you know he was an All Star at 35 and, and this guy was still doing his thing up until 36, 37. So uh, let's hope that's the case for Vucevic. Uh, and let's hope that's the case if you have them in fantasy or in a dynasty league also. Uh, and while we're talking about fantasy guys, we also have a brand new daily fantasy partner at Sports Ethos Thrive Fantasy. Prop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app. We're at thrivefantasy.com. Use code ethos when you sign up to get a 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to 100 bucks, plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest names playing every night. Score score points when your props hit. And the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. And check out our Sports Ethos DFS team, which includes me. Your guy, Keith Cork, uh, or podcast for advice on winners. Again, that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. I like to just we give a little growl there at the end. Love it. Thrive, Sounds good. <laughs> let me see how my Thrive Fantasy uh, lineup's doing tonight. Probably not too hot. Um, yeah, I'm not doing so hot. I don't think I'm going to win there. Oh, rough, rough, rough. Anyways, uh, we'll skip that. Uh, no, man. So moving on. 
I'd also like to talk to you guys just about the trade deadline coming up here. Obviously, um, you know, we're going to get talked about this ad nauseum for the next, you know, two weeks. It's just, it's just every year. It's just what happens. But uh, Buzz, let me throw it to you since, you know, you're new to the show and we haven't heard your take yet. So do you think the Bulls necessarily need to make a big splash and, and get a big name? Or do you think, you know, making a move more on the fringes is what you expect from the Bulls here at the trade deadline? I don't know what to expect because our tourist current show visit Mark Eversley have blown me away since they've walked in the front door. So mm. I, I really don't know what to expect to be hundred percent honest with you. Uh, if I want a title this year, I, I need a trade. I need a decent trade of magnitude. That's impactful, not just a little piece. And that goes to guys like Kobe white being discussed or Patrick Williams being discussed now with me on bulls on tap. And with my dude, uh, bull scripted goose, um, whatever people want to call him today. <laughs> um, you know, he, kind of teeter-totters on what to do with Patrick Williams because I want to keep Kobe White. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, my God, but Patrick Williams is way higher upside. Well, no shit. That's why he's going to give you more value. But Kobe White brings you something that's more valuable to this season. And if you're Mm -hmm. trying to win this season, that's bench scoring. And -hmm. that's what he gives you, a spark plug off the bench. And the second thing, he's available because Pat's hurt. So in my mind, if we can find a forward at the four spot that is versatile, that can hit some threes, that can rebound the ball a bit, and it takes Patrick Williams, then so be it. Mm-hmm. I'm not – the future's not guaranteed. And you saw that against uh, – oh, Zach didn't play against Boston, against Golden State. You saw that against Golden State when Zach went up for the offensive rebound and tweaked his knee, and my season flashed before my eyes because I'm like, God yeah, damn it. Right. I'm like, <laughs> you know, like, no. Yeah. So right now where I'm at, I'm not attached to Patrick Williams like a lot of Bulls Nation is. And that's not to say that they're wrong. They might mm-hmm. not be wrong. They might be right. I could be a moron. Pair McCade Cunningham over there. And, and Detroit's a problem for years, possibly. Um, I think the Jeremy Grant rumor dies today, though, because it's reported that he does not. He wants yeah. to be the featured option in an offense. Right. So if, if that's what you want to do, go ahead and keep rotten in Detroit. That's fine with me. Um, you know, but go do your due diligence on the trade uh, market. Go see who you could find. And I'm, I think that they need to make a. If they want to beat somebody, if they're fully healthy right now without Patrick Williams, and I don't even think Pat makes that much of a difference because his first five game sample size, I know it was yeah, only five small. games. It was bad. It was bad. He was not good. But that's because he's with new teammates. You know, I I, I understand that. But that's going into playoff time if he does come back, too. You're going to have those growing pains in the playoffs. And what do you want to do in the playoffs? You want to win. Go get somebody experienced. Go get somebody that complements the talent that you have here right now and go towards a championship. That's where I'm at. Yeah, a couple of Jeremy Grant reports today. Uh, Detroit's now asking for two first-round picks. Bulls don't have that. Uh, or a first-round pick and a high upside young player. So that's probably Patrick Williams. Uh, and then also Jeremy Grant, like you said, he says little interest in joining a team where he doesn't feature uh, as a primary offensive option. He also wants to sign an extension in the ballpark of four years, $112 million this offseason. And obviously, <laughs> obviously we got to pay Zach his money. So uh, I just – Bulls fans, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't see that happening, man. Uh, that's all according to Jake Fisher. Uh yeah, give me your thoughts here, Trey. Uh, you know, obviously you and I, we're both kind of in the opposite camp here of Buzz where, you know, we want to kind of see what Patrick Williams can do next season. I think it's more about next season than this season for us. So what are your thoughts there about what Buzz just said? I don't disagree that, especially if he's going to be out until the playoffs, if you're looking to win a title this year, you you have to look to move him. For me, I'm hoping it's he gets back on the the early side of the timetable and he gets to say play you know 15 you know 20 to 15 regular season games with this team 
and they can find a way for him to slot in and to get a rhythm. Um, for me, I don't know that I would trade him for Jeremy Grant, even if Grant didn't want to be the focal point. I just don't know that he's enough to push the Bulls over the top. Right. Um, for me, I'm not a, I'm not super opposed to trading him. I, I like the opinion of he has so much more value, so keeping Kobe White is the better option because I think Kobe's showing to be a really a winning player. I, I think is what Billy Donovan was quoted as saying. So for me, I'm not opposed to trading Patrick Williams as much, especially depending on his health, which we just, you know, we're not privy to. But for me, it's got to be something better than Jeremy Grant. I, I don't know what that is. No, that's a perfect. So that leads me to my next question here for you guys. And, and Trey, you can answer this first. If the Bulls do make a trade, what's a win for you there? I mean, is it a finals appearance? Is, is it a second round victory? I mean, what are we looking to do if we pull off a trade for a, we'll say Jeremy Grant type player or better? Are you want me to go first? I think what, you got to make the conference finals. Conference finals. I think you have to make the conference finals. And be and at least be competitive. I don't think you can get swept. You got to like push it to six. What do you think, Buzz? What's a win there if you make it, a trade? It, it's got to be conference finals or finals, man. It has to be. Like, like, we have to accept this. We just had this whole thing about Vooch. We need to talk about, I mean, well, not right now, but we need to think about DeMar DeRozan, too. Mm-hmm. DeMar DeRozan's having like a, the best season he's ever had in his life sure. right now. Mm-hmm. That that's not guaranteed next year, man. That's not guaranteed next year. And he's been struggling over the last little bit with having his guys out and stuff like that. I think he'll get back to it. Like, I think he'd be all right. But listen, this guy is putting up MVP numbers. He was in the MVP conversation featured everywhere, whether that's on, you know, your ESPNs, your Fox, whatever. He was everywhere. Yeah. We don't know if that happens next year. So if they make a big trade, that's because this window that Artoris and Mark Eversley built is open now. It might not be open next year. So, hey, you better figure it out because if they if they do make a trade, that's why I want to make a trade so bad. I yeah. don't think the Bulls – the East is just going to keep getting better. Cleveland's going to get better. Detroit's going to get another high pick. You know, like these other teams are going to keep getting better. The Bulls, well, what do you think – You know, stay relevant. What do you think about getting better, though, Buzz? Um, not necessarily – you know, making a trade, but getting better through the buyout market. You're going to oh, have guys like possible. Yeah, yeah. Like Robert Covington's probably going to be yeah, available. Yeah, Tory Craig. Yeah. I mean, if they don't get traded, obviously they'll be in the buyout market. So I think, you know, there might be some value out there. Would you be okay with a move more like that? Um, Anything yeah. that helps complement the team, of course. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking about like me, where my vision is, and I could be completely ignorant and put my Homer on the table right now, but like I look at the Eastern conference, I look how it looks Kyrie Irving, not, being able to play in New York in the playoffs, let them win the number one seed, give them the home court advantage. Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead and give it to them. Like, so I think who, the window's open. Who would you uh, say, all right, we're moving Patrick Williams. What What do you think is a good, what are you looking to get back? Uh, is I, it Jeremy I, Grant? It, it's either Grant or Barnes, maybe even Collins. I'd be interested in John Collins. He's okay, so you're that, you're on that jump. Well, well, that, that, well, he's rumored that, to want out, and he's a right, defensive yeah. guy that can board, that can rebound. That we, even if it's not scoring, we still get two major needs in that trade. Two major needs in that trade where he can operate inside if he wants, because Vooch can go out. Mm-hmm. Like that's fine. Like just something that complements the players well to actually give you a legitimate chance. Like with Rocco or, or Larry Nance or whoever everybody else wanted to kind of trade for earlier in the season. Like those guys are the guys when we're talking about, well, I don't really think they put them over the edge. The reason I was for Jeremy Grant, I still kind of am if it happens. I've seen him score 20 points in the NBA in a game. He's averaged 20 points a game. I've seen him do that. I've seen him beat the shit out of us before. 
I've watched that happen. I watched him in Team USA. I know that this guy has talent. But if it's not up here for him and those reports are true that he doesn't – I'm pointing at my brain for the listeners. <laughs> if it's not you know, in between the ears for him to be a third to a fourth option, then absolutely not. Yeah, I don't want to bring bad juju into the locker room. Yeah, I think uh, when it comes to John – and John Collins is the most recent uh, you know, trade bait that everyone's talking about on NBA Twitter pretty much for the Bulls. And uh, I think when it comes to John Collins, I think my, my, my res- reservations are what you just said there is you know, I don't know if he wants to come and be – behind Zach Levine and behind DeMar DeRozan and basically behind Vucevic. I mean, it'd be, I don't know if it'd be a toss up there, but uh, either way, I just don't think he has interest in that. I think he wants a bigger role just like Jeremy Grant does. Can I, can I point out he plays in Atlanta where they run the same thing over and over Capella, Trey Young, pick and roll over and over. We've watched John Collins finish those lobs from Trey Young. Imagine if he could be the guy running the pick and roll because in Chicago, he can be because like Buzz said, Vucevic can step out. So you have John Collins running that pick and roll and being able to be that dive guy. I think John Collins, one of his quotes was winning covers up a lot. And I think he was happy to be to play his role last year yeah. when they were in the playoffs and they were having all that success. Right. So to me, I think and, you know, I was hoping Buzz didn't mention him because I was I wanted to dr- <laughs> drop that hammer. He's the guy that I think I would still thunder man Williams for. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the guy I, I, I love think that trade for because I, I think his, yeah. I think the fit is so I think the fit is perfect for what the Bulls are kind of looking for. Yeah, I and guess I, I'm I, more I agree good. because look at him, 43% boys, 43% from three point land this year on 3.3 attempts. He has r- raised his game up. Mm-hmm. If I can if I can snag him and go into the playoffs with Ball, Levine, DeRozan, Collins, and Vucevic. All day long. If that takes Patrick Williams and and the Portland pick, okay, okay, whatever. Yep. Like you know, I might not be able to keep the guy. You contract here, correct? I mean, he's in a contract. Yeah. Oh no, no. Can I not. can I point out real quick also that the he's Bulls, the Bulls on their catch and shoot shots, they shoot ten, they shoot sixty percent unguarded. The Hawks only shoot fifty percent. So he would also be getting more wide open looks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a great. That would be a great, great pickup for the Bulls. Honest to God, that'd be amazing. Well, maybe uh, we'll see. We'll see if the Hawks are interested in giving the Bulls John Collins. But speaking of giving, stop giving your personal information to your ISP. On top of overcharging, your ISP is allowed to legally sell your browsing history to third-party advertisers for a ton of cash. Take your privacy back with ExpressVPN. Head to our special promotional link at expressvpn.com slash hoopball. Yes, we are Sports Ethos. We used to be hoopball. It is still hoopball. Deal with it. H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. To get three bonus months on a 12-month subscription, it's super easy. Turning it on just takes one click, and it works great with streaming services like Netflix or sports packages like League Pass that Buzz was talking about earlier. Once more, that's expressvpn.com slash hoopball. Grab those three bonus months now. Go do it. So, yeah, we got to move on, guys. We are running uh, running up against it here a little bit. I do want to talk and, and hit on uh, Io DeSumo. Uh, Io has been playing lights out, obviously, the last couple of games. Obviously, he's had a way bigger role than he's ever meant to have. Um, so that does play, you know, a role in this, obviously. But uh, over the last three games, he's averaging 12 points, 5.3 assists, and 1.7 steals and, and 0.7 blocks. So uh, just doing it all. And then over the last two games, he's averaging 18 points, 8 assists, 2.5 steals, and a block. Obviously, it's a very small sample size. But, man. This kid's been incredible, man. Uh, thoughts on Trey? Let me give me your thoughts here on on Io. Does Io's emergence? Let me ask you this question: Does Io Sumo's emergence 
make Kobe White a little bit more expendable. I know Buzz just talked about Kobe being important. I do agree with that. I think his offense is important. But if you, if you have a chance to make a move like we're talking about here to get a wing player that's going to help us and Kobe White's a part of that trade, does having I.O. give you that, that thought process to tell you, hey, maybe I can get rid of Kobe White and get this other player back? I don't think so because I think they give you two different things off the bench. Um, sorry to kill your buzz on that one, but I I just think Pun they intended. offer two different things, <laughs> and I I like the pairing of them two eventually coming off the bench and being like a duo unit. I think they complement each other well, and so for me it's more they they do opposite things. So it, he Io's emergence doesn't do anything for Kobe for me, but. I do think he deserves to be talked about as an all-rookie first-team guy after this this little run. Yeah, and I did pull up the uh, rookie ladder, actually. I, I forgot about that. Thanks for mentioning that, Trey. He is tied – and this is, of six, this is as of six days ago, by the way, so this is before his big blow-up games. But he is tied for 10th with Cam Thomas of the Brooklyn Nets on the Kia rookie ladder. Uh, behind Omer Yurtseven, Chris Duarte, Jalen Green, Herb Jones. So I think I would think he jumps at least some of those guys. Uh, in this next iteration. But uh, Buzz, what are your thoughts here on Io uh, and Kobe and, and all that that uh, situation? Uh, two straight double-doubles for Io Desumu. Um I loved him out of Illinois, which is great. I'm an Illinois fan just because I'm from Illinois. I didn't go to college, but I love Illinois. Um, but, you know, uh, I loved him when he was, you know, reading about him in high school when he was here in Chicago. Uh, the fact that he's here now and he's doing what he's doing is not really surprising. The, the three-point shot's actually a little bit surprising. Um, yeah. that's, that's surprising to me. Right. Um, the confidence that he played with, if you just watched him with the Illini, you would got that from him. Um, I love what he's doing as far as him and the whole Kobe white thing. They complement each other real well. And I owe first double, double of 21 points and 10 assists. He helped run that offense, which did what it unlocked Kobe white to score that ball. Mm. And that is something that I really think is beneficial, but you can be like, oh, well, they have Caruso too. They absolutely do. I don't mind having a scoring microwave in Kobe White and two Bulldogs defensively like Io and Caruso playing alongside of them and staggering lineups like that. You always have a defender with Io or Caruso in. You always have scores with Zach and, and Kobe when Kobe comes in the game, you know? So I, I don't really think they, I think they're like Trey said, you know, I actually agree with him. There's uh they're two different players. Um, and I love what they've done together. Honestly, I, I really like what they've done together. I think that they've been a great little duo off of that bench. And I, I think they're just going to get better as the season goes on. It's been and great to the see right note to end the show on with him agreeing <laughs> with me. I appreciate that. Yeah. No, yeah. Iowa is shooting 43.9% from the, from the three point line, obviously, uh, which I do believe you'll see some kind of regression there, but, um, I think that's really, I think that will stick for the most part. I think he probably ends up above 35% on the season. Uh, one last question here before we end this show here, uh, and I'll shoot it to you first buzz over under on Iowa's points when we become Fully healthy, 22 minutes. Do you think he's going to go over under? He's averaging 20.8 minutes on the season. Fully healthy? Fully healthy team. How many minutes does Io get? 18. Okay. Yeah, uh, 18. If, if everybody's healthy, eight, 18 right now. Yeah. I, I, who does he take minutes from? Yeah, I, I, exactly. I just don't – it's tough. I don't know. But I, that's where I, like, I don't envy Billy Donovan right there. Mm. You know, like I'm like that is a – even though it's a fun job, don't get me wrong, I'd love to do the job. But, I mean, that's a hard decision to make. Yeah. Like you, a lot of – that's a good problem to have too. But I think probably 18 minutes is fair, 18 yeah. minutes per game. Yeah. Trey, what's your thoughts? Over under 22 minutes. Under, I'd, I'd say around 20, 18. You're right, like 20, 18, that kind of spot right there. Uh, I think with his length, you can get away playing him at small forward, you know, anywhere. And, you know, if teams are playing smaller, you can maybe throw him at the four. 
but it's hard to find minutes for all of these guys when everybody's healthy. Sure is. Good job, guys. Okay, so we are going to end this show here. But, hey, quickly, before we sign off, we want to also remind you all to use coupon code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. And also check out our pals at mybookie.ag. Use code HOOPBALL on the third page of sign-up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. Buzz, man, it's been great. Uh, I'm Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at, at BSBP. Keith and Trey, where can the good people find you? On Twitter at Final Finally. And Buzz, where can people find you, my man? You can find me at BuzzOnTap on Twitter. You can find all of our work at ontapsportsnet.com. And please, please, please go follow the show at EthosBulls, guys. Uh, follow us. Give us a five-star review. Also, if you're, especially if you're on iTunes, uh, let us know how, if we're doing well. Let us know what we're not doing well. Just leave us five stars, man. Uh, we just want to – it's going to help us grow this show. So uh, thanks again to our, our guest, Buzz, and we will talk to you guys after the game tomorrow. Then, Bulls. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.